Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with, then this is a podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Today's guest is such a treat and we clicked right away. Of course, we bonded over being island girls, but she has so much more to offer than her Kalaloo recipe from the island of Tobago. (laughs) For over 23 years, she has worked in the government sector, gaining experience in leadership, negotiation, project management, and customer service. She has earned two master's degrees, one in global affairs from New York University and in labor relations from CUNY School of Labor and Urban Studies. She is also credited with a certificate of leadership from Cornell ILR School. She is a professional life coach driven by a mission to elevate the lives of others. And finally, she is known for influencing her peers and prospects through encouragement, support, and going above and beyond the call of duty. It is my pleasure to introduce Miss Esther Murray. Welcome, sis. Hello, 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 my sister from another mother. Welcome. I'm I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Noreen. Oh, no problem at all. You know, I'm glad that you reached out. So we're going to go ahead and get started. You ready? Absolutely. Yes. Woohoo. So tell us a little bit about growing up in Tobago. What was it like? Well, you know, we Caribbean people, we have to talk about all the streets that go with the Caribbean, the beautiful beaches, the warmth of the island people and all that. Uh, For me, um, I was raised by a single mom. We had good days, but when it comes to like the family, uh, it was very hard because my dad left when I was about eight years old. My mom had to do three jobs to take care of me and my three brothers. So it was not always, you know, better roses. We had to survive by any means necessary. So uh, my mom, she had to work hard and we, for the most part, we did the best we can to be together as kids being at home without a father. And the saddest part was my eldest brother until he was an epileptic. And some days we just couldn't go to school because the way our epilepsy operates is like, whether it's a moon or not, he would just take in and we would just have to be there to support because you fall down, you're out of your mind. You know, it was very hard and we had to be there for him and help him when mom was at work. So those were hard days. So it sounded like he grew up kind of fast. Sort of. We had no choice. And then when, even around that time when dad left, my mom had to be hospitalized and we had to go and stay with one of my aunt who didn't have kids at the time. And because she didn't have kids at the time, it was really hard to deal with all four of us. Oh so <laughs> we would wait for her because at noon when we were at home, normally my mom would feed us lunch at 12. It, it'll, it'll be two o'clock and my aunt still hasn't fed us and we'd be hungry. And she would send us out to play. And when she's ready to eat, that's when we come in. So my dad visited us that time when my mom, when he found out my mom was in the hospital. And when we saw him, we were just happy to dad take us home. So that's when he came back and he mm-hmm. stayed with us until my mom came out of the hospital. But the funny thing about it, 
as you mentioned, growing up fast. I remember when we went home, my eldest brother, who's now in Norway, he and I we were fighting because we were figuring out we want to do something for my mom because she's in a hospital right. undergoing surgery. So we learned how to cook that day. And when we took it to the hospital, my mom, the tears were running on her eyes because she couldn't believe that we actually did that. What did you so cook? We made some type of one pot. We call it one pot pillow stuff. You know, oh, yes. in the corner, <laughs> one pot. So we used to be sitting back and watch everything my mom did. And my brother and I came together and we just took the food up there. It, it was like, wow. So my mom knew then that she had confidence in us. So after we took the food, we came back to stay in our own place. And then my mom came home. My dad even then was working behind the scenes. So he wrote the owner of the house to put us out. My mom with her three young kids. My youngest brother was like around six. Right? That's unfortunate. Yeah. And we went to stay with my grandma. We went to live at my grandmother's house because there was no, what, what can my mom do? She has four kids. A married woman with four kids who's going to take her. And so my aunts and they were very upset. They were like, why is she moving back? Because there was always some fight. You know, families always have fight. And they were always like treating my mom like she was the black sheep of the family. And uh, my mom went through a lot, but she never really cried. She never, we never saw our mom like, show emotion in that sense she always protected us no matter what was happening she always did her best to protect us so my grandmother allowed us to make a house at the bottom of the her house which was in a stilt and we used galvanized we had galvanized for the whole house and the windows were galvanized and the ground was not really was mud and you know, my mom did what she could at the time and this was what went on until my mom started to you know put a little bit of money so she can get someone to come and fix the ground but we lived in that house for for as long as I can remember and today I'm glad to say that I rebuilt that entire house it is the biggest house you'll see and it stands out from everything else I gave that back to my mom for what I was here so it it was hard but I'm happy that I was able to give my mom that because she worked very hard to take care of us and um and yeah, so that really was the beginning of the end with us and all that. So right. he moved on. He got different families. He, you know, he did his thing. I found out recently I have a sister who just passed away because. Oh, I'm sorry. She, yeah. She, my dad had extended children that we never knew about <laughs> until we got older. Lord and we were exchanged. We were exchanged for years. And in the de- December of 2020, at the height of COVID, uh, the last night in December, I got a call from my dad. Weird. I almost didn't pick up the phone because I'm like, he's been exchanged for so many years from us. And that call was the last call because after I hung up the phone, after I spoke with him briefly, my mom called me a second time and she told me my dad passed. So oh my God. in the space of the time I spoke with him, hours later, he was dead. He must, he must have had to make that peace. Yeah, you know, and it was weird because I, I, I just keep living it over and over again. I'm like, why did he call me? He didn't call my other brothers. He called me. It was almost like he was trying to say, "Forgive me for the years I haven't taken care of you." I was his only daughter. Right. I love my dad, and it's strange enough that one call I got from him was his last. Yeah, you know, that's that's unfortunate, but at least it gives you some kind of closure too. Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 mm-hmm. it felt surreal. 
out of the blue. Yeah, I, my mind is blown for you. You know, that's I, I think that would just leave me with more questions and answers at that point myself. Yeah. So when you guys were living with your aunt, just travel back to that. When and why was the decision made to move to America? Right. So it started coming out from school. There was not much to, to do. And my mom, we were rivals, you know, mom and daughter. We fought every single day. And I said, you know what? She said, my elder brother, he said, before you kill each other, you all got to separate. So my mm-hmm. uncle in Trinidad knew that there was feud going on. So my mom shipped me over to Trinidad and she sent me to French school to learn French. So I went to the Arion Francaise. But at school, back in Tobago, I, they were mean girls. I had a single mom and they had better clothing. They had oh, yeah. all the perks. I only had one pair of shoes and three, three blouses and um, two, you know, school shirts. I had to wash one. One is dirty. I have to wash, you know. I, so I, I didn't totally have, get it. Yeah. So I didn't have that. And they were laughing. They used to laugh at me a lot. And I didn't really get along with them because I was ostracized because I was different. Yeah. I was, I, I just didn't have all. And they thought that they were better than me. So I grew out of that in the sense that, you know, yes, it was painful, but I didn't realize I had anger until my mom and I started to have fights. And I don't know if it was anger pertaining to, you know, my dad not being wrong or so. But when I went to um, to my uncle in Trinidad, you know, I didn't connect either. I felt out of, out of I felt like I was just lost. Oh, wow. And yeah, and and when I did go back to Tobago, I went back to Tobago with my, with a daughter in tow. I had a baby. Mm. And yeah, so my mom, when my daughter's father called her and said, look, I had complication. My mom right away, oh, she has to come home. She has to come home because they didn't know where I was. They just, you know, I floated. I just, I just floated away. Right. You know, but somehow there was a force pulling me back no matter where. I moved. There was a force pulling me back. And I know my mom is a praying mom. Even today, we pray together, you know. Um, so I'm back to Tobago and still no jobs. You know, I came out from school. I didn't even go to my graduation because there was no money. And my rival, she brought my, my um, I, I won an award for Spanish. And she brought it to my house, which made it even worse because I'm like, She's all dressed in cap and gown. I couldn't even oh, afford yeah. to go to my own graduation. And right. here comes my arrival. Bring it to my house, dressed up. So I was like, something is wrong with my life. Why is everything not going for me, right? You know? So I came home, no job. My cousin met me. She said, look, there's an Indian man. He's, you know, he's looking to hire people, but it's not the kind of job you think. So I was like, I'll take it. Because mm-hmm. my daughter, dad left and said, he was going to prepare a place for us. He never turned back. Right. So here my mom, my mom is like, here we are once again. I, this happened to me. It's now happening to my daughter. Yeah, so there's a cycle happening. Like, right. You know, so I ended up on the side of the highway, changing tires in the heat of the day. And I did that for a few months. Wow. <laughs> Just to get milk and diapers, whatever I needed to. It was an honest dollar, but I had to do what I had to do. People passing by, like, give me that look, like smirk, like, what is she doing? Isn't that Joyce's supporting daughter? What my is she child. doing? I'm supporting yeah, what, my child. That's what I'm what doing. She, Mind your business. Yeah. What is she doing inside the highway changing tires? Class, past laughs. I just kept going because somehow I knew that, you know, I don't see it as something to laugh at, but I realized I got moved away because I couldn't hear anymore. Give me back my uniform. It was like everything I went through, it was like a dead end, dead end. 
Right. And one day an Englishman moved into my neighborhood and we became friends. He was walking up and down every day, walking like, and I'm at the standpipe taking the bucket of water to take home to, to fill for my mom and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we started to talk and then he became a family friend. And then that was the first time I experienced a birthday party. He had friends came out from England, all over. And then we said, you never celebrated a birthday. And he threw a big birthday party for me, including my mom. It was like, never seen anything. I've never done anything like that. Wow. And then he, he said to my mom, she has to leave this island. I see a lot of potential in your daughter. She has to leave this island. The only way she can show up and be the person that she needs to be, she has to leave this island. She will look back, but she has to leave. And he paved the way for me to come here. Had it not been for him, I would not have been here. Wow. I landed here in the cold of the winter. JFK. Oh. My cousin David and me in the airport. These are cousins and part of my, I never really lived with them, but we grew up as kids, but they were here. I was not because I, my mom was very, you know, we were all together. My mom didn't want any of us to leave her because she didn't want any harm to come to us. So I never really had an opportunity, but this time I was, 20 I was like my mom said you gotta go your daughter stays with me you go out there and you do what you need to do because this is an opportunity may never come back and he paved my way right and from my own experience I know it's hard for Caribbean parents to let their kids travel abroad but it was good that your mother was supportive of you in this situation yeah she um she said look you're my only daughter and I don't want it to be one day you look back and hate me because I didn't tell you, I couldn't, you know, you didn't get a chance to go. And sure enough, every single day since I've been here, the last dollar that I have belongs to my mother. Everything I do, I help support my mom today. We're all there for her, my brothers and I. We're all over the globe, but we are there for my mom, even though she doesn't want to travel. She's set right. on her ways, but she has that's, a lot. That's my father too. He would never travel. <laughs> he he might take us to plane between the USVI and the BVI, but he would never travel to America. He's never been. Yeah. I was thinking so, he was afraid of planes or afraid of flying or whatever, oh no. but he's just setting his ways. He's like, no. as said, she plays her own kitchen garden at home. She cooks. So she, you know, she does not want to be bothered. That she has the grandkids there now. They make her happy and treat like, okay, I'll see you when you come when you come home. You know? Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I came here and everything was great. You thought that your problems would be gone. No, it started all over again. A new type of problem, right. a jealousy kind of problem. So I started to work. I started to do babysitting three days a week and I'm here. Okay, I'm here. I filed all my papers up and together and all that. Then I decided I finally get enough money to buy a nice little gift to send for my baby at home. She was just about five or six months. And I sent the first box and I'm so happy. Tie everything, getting ready to go to the post office. My cousin comes home and she saw me in the box. She said, what's in the box? I said, oh, I sent something to my daughter. She said, oh, open it up. Let me see what you send. What are you sending? I said, but it's closed. She said, that's okay. You can always see the back. I just want to see what you send. So I said, no, it's sealed. It is for my daughter. I bought her some little gifts. And I'm sending it home. Oh, well, you can't live here anymore. You got to go. Why you can't is that be her here. business? You can't be here. Every time I get paid, I made like $75 a week. I would hold on to $20 to give to my, send to my mom. Every week I send her the $20 and I would give my cousin the $20. She threw it back in my face and she said to me, I want you out of my mom's. I want you out. I want you out by Sunday. So that is so crazy to me that they would do that just because you wouldn't let them invade your privacy. Right. The box is already sealed. 
it's sealed and she was upset. Am I a child, a baby? You want me to open a box to show you my baby clothes? You want me to do that? Really? Is that it's really not that, that deep? Yeah. Yeah. So, but then you, you can't stay here. You got to leave. You got to go. You can't be here. So her mom called my mom and then the both moms were crying. My mom said, I want my daughter out of your place. My mom called my other cousin. They were already on their way to pick me up because they found out that this is what's going on. They were at the door. Right. Because they already knew it was stupid. Yeah. So when my, and then I'm leaving my aunt, she's crying. She's upset. These are two, these are two sister children. Why are they upset? Why are they fighting? Why are they cry? Why is this happening? But you didn't correct her, your daughter. You allow your daughter to run your show. So it was nothing for me to think about. I was so happy to leave. When I left, I was so shaken because it started to dawn on me. I'm like, because I wouldn't open a box, you would yeah. tell me that I have to leave. So when I went to my other cousin's house, I was already built in my mind. You know what? I am not staying in anybody's place. Mm-hmm. I am not. I started to look through the newspapers and I saw a flat. It was a basement apartment from this Panamanian lady, a family in, in um, Brooklyn. And I jumped on it. In two weeks, I left my cousin's house, stayed in the basement, paying the $75. And another job came, so I was making $150. So I started to think, okay, I know I have to send money to help my mom because she's, she has to buy this for my daughter. Mm-hmm. I know I have to pay the $75 rent. I started to rush number $150. I lived on a ramen soup for the year. So I was in that basement. I was getting six packs of ramen soup for a dollar. And that was my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner. And then I had money to travel on the train. And then I found a church and started to go to church. And then doors just start opening up. Yeah. And the person who's always been prone to doing studies and always went to better myself, even though I was rambunctious at home, stoning the dogs that rolling into the backyard and climbing the trees with the boys like a tomboy. I always <laughs> had my I always had my books and my doors. Sound like me. Yeah, you know, so I started to go to school because here in the States, you have to get a GED. So I said, you know what, I'm going to get a GED. And then I built up my mind. I seen what my mom did to raise us and I am going to make, I don't care what I need to do to make it. I'm going to go all day and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to give back to my mom to be sure that she does not have to work anymore any day. And that's what I've been doing. I went from babysitter to cleaning homes. And while I'm there, I found a temp agency and I started to learn data entries and stuff. And mm-hmm. before you know it, I took an exam and I'm working for the government, one of the hey. largest government here. So, and then in the nighttime, I would take my, my studies. So I'm going to work, I'm going to study. And things just start happening. Doors just mm-hmm. start opening. I just start moving. And like everything that I went through was just giving me the business I was just building a more confidence that I've gotten over the sitting on the side of the highway changing tires looking at the color of the tires at the end of the day and I got through that and I'm here in America on my own and still making it in a basement apartment not concerned about when I walk at two in the morning I see dead bodies on the street when I was working in a babysitting um an agency gave me a babysitting job and I would be coming home two, three o'clock in the morning, me and my God, prison God. And I'd be just stepping over and they had so much. My aunt came to visit and she told my mom, pray for your daughter. I'm not going back mm. there. Get her out of there. That place is violent. I used to hear gunshot all, all over the day. And yeah. I'll be passing on dead bodies. And I just kept going. I had my business. I had my head down, but I had a determination. I had to get out. Yeah. I had to move out. And this is how my doors just start opening and I got a different life now and 
I have more work to do. But while I'm doing this work, I realize that there's someone else who's going through the same problem that I'm going through. Right. And when COVID happened, that is when this transformation came. Because while I'm doing this, I felt that every time the job has new employees, they asked me to train. Mm-hmm. The commissioner's children were coming. They asked me to train. Everyone I'm training is moving up and getting promoted over me. Now, mind you, I have all this accolade on my back and they would not accept it because they were like, oh, I remember one day I got a, a guy, he, um, he rolled his hand on me and I had a sexual harassment case because he, he literally attacked me on the job. I was telling the manager that this guy is cursing me out. He's telling me all the colors of the world, how my mother made me and all this and all that. He's called me all kind of blood clot and all that. He was from Jamaica and he was oh. just cursing me. <laughs> I was about to ask no. you. <laughs> yeah, he was just cursing me out and for no reason. And one day when my back was turned, he came up behind me and started to touch me all over. And I, I oh went God. nuts. So in the workplace, in the workplace. And then the manager will say to me, Oh, he's harmless. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about him. Yeah. They protected him all the time. Why are they protecting him? They protect because they're afraid of him. They were afraid of him. They were afraid of him because he has a loud mouth. He was always well-dressed business man. And he loved to curse people out. He was a Jamaican guy and they were so afraid of him. So that they manage that. Well, how I managed that is that, you know, when everyone had to go down because I had brought a sexual harassment case. So they brought on the whole agency. They shut down. They were like, wait a minute here. We have a problem here. This girl has been attacked on our premise and nothing is being done. So then that's when the manager, who's also Spanish, that he came in and he was, what's a sexist thing? I know that they were in this together. He said, oh, Esther, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I didn't expect him to do anything like that. Oh, I do apologize. I'm sorry, I'm gonna move him from sitting next to you on the other side of you. In the, back. In the meantime, he's on the back of the wall. I'm here sitting and he's back here. So the next one that, when that occurred, he came back to work like nothing happened. And he was cursing all day and throwing words at me, at him, but he didn't call me by name. So my mom always say, you don't put out corn and looking for rain. So if I call your name, no answer. Yeah, right. So he called all kind of bumble clot, blood clot, all kind of clot he was calling me. <laughs> and I just, I just ignored this guy. And then finally, when the um, investigation came in, they called on everyone, including the commissioner, who was a hierarchy. And when they went to, um, to be rep- reprimanded for that, they asked me, so what do you want to do? So the kind of person I am, he was going to be fired. And I said, you know what? When I think back, this guy has children. He has a little boy. I, I, I'll always love that little boy. He had a little boy. That little boy used to come down. I used to give him little treats and stuff. And I said, you know what? Just move me. Just move me. Let him keep his job, but just move me away from him. Just don't have me work in the same space with him. Right. Right. So then they sent me up. Mm -hmm. So they sent me up to the higher commissioner because um, they were afraid that they could have been worse because then, you know, my hubby, he's a lawyer. He's a, Mm. he's a lawyer and he was getting ready to bring up a big sue against them for harassment, knowing that this was said so many times, this guy's harassing me. And they told me to just let him go. Don't worry about him because he's just stupid. He just, whatever, pacifying him so that they don't get cursed because he curses them and they were afraid, you know, so that was, that was a very hostile environment. 
right? So when they moved me and I went up to speak to this Jewish lady about my, um, what happened, she was very offended because she had to be taken down to be scolded. This is not how you treat your employees. So before I can even say a word, this is the first thing that came out of her mouth. Oh, you are very ambitious. You're going to one day want my job. That was, and I have it registered years later. This is the first thing she said, rather than move me out from where I was, that is the first thing that came on her head, out of her mouth. Ever since then, I have not been promoted. I have not been taken in any fashion regardless of where I go. It was like, I've been blocked when I go up to wow. my union and stuff like that. But it blackballed you. And, and that was like retaliation for the, the harassment the, suit. Right. Because you should have let your husband told. sue the whole lot of them. Right. Right. In, in the so, company and each individual that you went to. You should have so let the, them sue them. The strangest thing is that when you work for a government agency, you cannot sue them while you're working for them. Those are the laws, the bylaws, right? Mm. But you can um, bring up charges against people for their actions. So I did file a lawsuit against him at some point because what they did was because of all of that, someone underhandedly tried to strip me of my title. They went behind my back and tried to take away my position as I was growing, as I'm taking exams, I'm succeeding. And when they're supposed to bring me back to put me in a position, they pushing me out so that they can bring their own people in. A lot of nepotism till today is going on right through the agency. A lot of nepotism I, I is happening. I wouldn't doubt it at all. I would not right. doubt it at all. So it's not even that they didn't think you could do the job. It's just the fact that, oh, she's a problem. Let's just let her sit where she is exactly. and let her train all these people that are coming in and then we'll push them up and leave her right where she is. Yeah. Did you ever get out of that predicament? Well, this is an ongoing feat. And um, this is why I said at the height of COVID, it was a curse for most, but it is also a blessing for some. Mm -hmm. Because as a COVID, when I discovered that this is not my passion, my passion is really to serve. And I'm servicing the customers to the best of my ability. And when everyone leaves, they get more than they ask for, because it's all about giving service and giving value. Right. And even with my colleagues and I have been coaching them all along, which is why I decided that I am there temporary right now, but I'm working my way out on an exit strategy to totally get off completely so that I can create my own life story because I do not want to work for anyone anymore, especially working in a condition where there is a lot of hostility and you're being ostracized because of who you are or because of right. what you have worked hard for. Many a times, um, I remember one day one of my coworkers said, oh, you, um, you said to me, you're antisocial. You don't like to talk to people about your problems. I came to work. <laughs> I came to work. Are you telling me that? So that's telling, you're my telling sister. me a lot. <laughs> you are my sister. You know, I have had my supervisors actually mark me down for building inclusive relationships with others because I would not sit and tell all my personal, and listen, we're island people. First of all, we don't do that. Right. We <laughs> don't know, know that. But we didn't come for the job for that. We can sit so, and have conversations, you know, general conversations about people, places, and things, and the job. But when it comes to 
personal business, like what you and your husband are doing, where your children are going to college. Like you have to really build that rapport with someone to get that. And you already been through a lot with this job. Why on earth would you want to sit and tell these people your business? Exactly. And why was that lost on them? I have no idea why I make such a big impact on them because till today, you know, on the face of the agency, I stood up, represented the whole agency in front of large shareholders when they had a tax wrap to bring revenue. Um, in 2016, my team, I spearheaded for the most part the team. In three months, we brought in over $500 million. Mm. And we have a, um, today, right now on the newspaper, we are like, we're supposed to, this new mayor wants us to collect over 500 million because we have so much execution. I'm working over 500 cases right now, plus helping other customers, plus helping, you know, one of the old managers from an old unit called me this afternoon and say, can you visit me tomorrow? Because I have a person who has a problem. I need you to help me with some. So despite the hate and the, um, the way they try to shut me down and think that that is going to break my spirit, you know, they call on me. They still need they you. call on me, right? Look, I'm on the man- manager's list for the last seven years. And I went to the assistant commissioner and said, look, you know, I my list number, you all have not moved. For the four years, that list is sitting there. My number is the next and nobody would call that number. Finally, they decided to remove me off. So I got removed off that list for the manager um, a couple of weeks ago. And I've already taken another test while I was sitting um, at home during COVID. And I got a hundred percent, right? Mm. I got a hundred percent. Most of us, they put me all the way down to number 72. And they put the young lady who's supposed to be a person I helped. They made her. And at the time she did not pass the test, but they had her acting as manager. And then, her, yeah, so her behavior is That's now crazy. like, I am here and you're there. So when you go in the office, they don't say good morning. They don't say, I'm in the kitchen, say good morning to people. Nobody answers what you say. So and my mom said, listen, you're not there for everybody. You're there for you. You're there for the temporary time that you're there help who you can. And when God said it's the right time, he's going to move you out. And that's my mindset. Yeah, they have not broken exactly. me. They will not break me because I know who I am. I know where I've come from. Right. Yes. And I have so much work to do for those who really need help. And I don't mind, like those white girl came in about a year or two ago and they put her on me for me to train her. I train a girl so much. A girl got so much knowledge that she got promoted over me. <laughs> she left. <laughs> Wow. She took her knowledge and left. So tell us about that point in your career, because they're seeing that you have this wealth of knowledge. Tell us about that point where you turn that position of being the it girl for them into an opportunity where you could become a coach and a mentor to these people. Right. So before any of my colleagues would go to the manager, they would come to me. We have a relationship outside of work. They would come and they say, this is what's going on. They even reached a file where they could talk about their personal stuff that is happening. I am here just as a catalyst. I listen to people. I don't get my two cents in unless it's something they ask me to do. Because coaches, we're just there to listen and to support. We're not there to give answers, to create any, you know, you, we believe that you have the power within you to create your own reality. So all we're doing is guiding you along the way and showing you ways where you can get there, right? So... Me being in the years that I've worked there, and despite all the negative that I've felt, I'm turning it around in the sense where people are now 
asking questions and I'm able to use the skills that I've gained over the time with my coaching to help them to see a different side right. of the situation, right? Pe- people are now moving on. They're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I could have done this. Now I'm learning to, to dig deep into mm-hmm. my life. I see, wow, there's so much in me. So I asked like my colleague, she's leaving this year. Um, and I said, what, what do you want to do? What, what, you know, what have you done in the past? She said, you know what? I love working with elderly people. I did home health before, earlier before I moved into the agency. And I think I'll go back. So I said, okay, so is that something that you're passionate? Yes. And now she's investigating that. And she's leaving at the end of the year. She's going to go in awesome. to working. So people are now starting to dream again because they're tired of being taken advantage of. We are dealt the, the end of the stick many times. I've sat there for the last three, four years and look at the men moving up and I'm stuck, still sitting there. And the new people they had a couple of years ago, they have moved them into supervisory mode and I'm still sitting there, still chugging away. And it's so bad now that they have me on the phone all day because oh, wow. I've been stripped. Now I'm no longer administrator. They have me like, if I'm on a 911, like 311, I'm just the next one. Like you're just the information lady. Information, yeah, I'm just and I And I know in our chat, you did mention uh, systemic gender discrimination. So this is, this is what's happening to you now. So now we've moved from sexual harassment to ostracization. Mm-hmm. Now we're into gender discrimination. So you're not mm-hmm. really having a good time at work. I'm not, but you know what? I haven't lost my faith and that what drives me. And the fact that um, I am not doing this for myself, that gives me momentum. Mm-hmm. I am moving out. I know, I know it's on the horizon. I know my business is going to kick off. I know these platforms are here. It's not just for money for me. It's more like, listen, you are in that situation. You can get out. You need right. to have hope. You need to have hope. You need to look at what you've done in the past, how you've overcome, and let that be a driving force to take you over to the other side. And that's what I've been using all along. I just, to me, it just keeps, you know, re- re- refreshing all the time because this situation happened. I used this in the past and it's working again. You know, let's do it in a different way. So everything is reinventing and you just, everything is just, just refreshing everything. Because for Absolutely. me, I'm learning. I'm learning from the people that I'm working with. I love to take care of people who are not being taken care of. And that's why one of the part of this is helping the customers the best way I can, but also getting out from this because this is not really something that is helping them. Because if I'm going after people for money, I'm not helping the people, especially when I know it's poor people I'm going to go after and I'm sending the martial law to execute on them and get lift them. You know, when I think yeah. about that, it's against my value system. Yeah, it's totally absolutely. against my value. So I have to move on from that but in the meantime yes it's hard but my mindset it's mm, all about yes. your mindset and god i love and that god faith just keeps you grounded and i know when one feels trapped at work they may feel like they can't trust anyone with all that you have experienced in your workplace what do you think employers can do to make it easier for someone to report what they're going through at work it's you're right because trust is a big factor. And right now, I'll be honest with you, nobody trusts management. Nobody, mm. nobody. That is will not go a good to workplace. Any manager right now, people coming to me, even from another section of the department, people are still finding me and people are asking me questions. Mm. 
Right. Okay. I have people who meet me on the street and they're like, oh my God, girl, I am going through so much. And I just keep saying to them, what is it that you like to do? What is your passion? Find out the things that light you up and go at it with all you have. I promise you it's going to work out. The doors are going to open for you. You just have to have faith and believe in yourself. And as far as, you know, who to trust, you don't really know until you start talking to people. Now, I don't know what draws, but the spirit draws the right people. Now, I know I don't have friends in there. I have associates because I know where they are. And I see just, yes. just by listening to a person, you can tell what their intentions are. And that I, makes the difference. And that makes the difference. People are coming to me because they realize that I am a people person and I am honest. I am just, and I stand up for justice. And I think the problem with me and these heads, I have a voice and they don't yes. want me to have a voice. And because I stood up and say to them, this is wrong, what you're doing. Even now with my colleagues, I remember not that long ago, my manager who's retired, she said to me, why are you always protecting them? Why do you always have to say something? You know, they're not, why do you stand up? And I said, because they're part of the team. I'm a team player. I want to be sure that everyone is treated fairly and equally. Even though we stress that in the department mm-hmm. head, it doesn't exist. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't exist. I, I and, totally agree. And until you actually go through that storm, but like I said, people will be drawn to you when they see you as a genuine human being. I don't go around talking, propagandizing myself. I do not speak about it anything that has to do with my personal life there at all if I choose to say something you may be like hey yes my mom is doing great somebody asked the question because they try to connect with me in that sense for the most part I get ugly looks there is a group okay and I call them the mean girl group and every time I think of these girls I think of the girls in my old school how they will mean oh she's not one of us that type so since I got up there there have been clicks this group that group I'm not in a group I'm just me and I'm just there to do the job and go home and go home, That's do the job, it, period, help, help who I need to help and go home. They look period. at me as if I think I'm better than they. I don't think anything. That's your assumption. That is your assumption. That is you. Don't put that on me. I do not and, and they're engage. Probably pro- and they're probably projecting. They probably <laughs> know that you're better than them. You know, but I don't project that. I just project that image. Like I come in there, I'm jolly go girl. I, I sit at my desk. I don't conjugate in the sense like, because everything is all gossip. That's not work. And I, I've never grown up with girlfriend like that in the clique where this one, the moment your back is to, I've never done that. I grew up with three boys. Okay. Yeah. My and my brothers would fight with pot and spoon, but I never did that, <laughs> you know, but, but the, the culture is such it is so bad when you think of yourself as a Caribbean person in a mix of Americans and yeah. you get treated differently by each section. The Caucasian people, the white folks are much easier to deal with because we all know you're white and black, whatever it is, but it's not really the white black there. It's more like respect because a lot of these people respect me. Even the supervisor managers, they don't ever cross the line with me. There's mm-hmm. something about me that even though they bark to everyone else, when it comes to me, they come very carefully. They thread lightly. They come very carefully and they ask me for help. Yeah. Till today, they still ask me for help. And I'm there That's for great. them just to yeah. help. Yeah. I'm not there for trouble. I'm yeah. here to just be treated fairly. And that is my motto. 
I want to be treated just like everyone else fairly as your model. You have a big mission statement that says fairness, transparency, all this fun stuff that doesn't show up. And you, you hold have, their feet to the fire. Do you understand? That's why and you I get stand the respect. Up. And I stand up for what is right. And I'm not compromising my faith either. I'm not compromising my beliefs. I'm not compromising my, you know, the way I feel about myself right. because I want to fit in. I am not there to fit in. I'm there to do a job until the Lord says, this time, this is closed. Here's your next chapter to open. And that's what I'm doing. Exactly. And I love that you just, even though you're coming out the fire, well, you're still in it. You're still in it. But what did God do? He protect those boys when they was in the fire, right? That's right. And that's what he's doing to you. That's what he's doing for you. And And I I love that out of this darkness comes your coaching business. So tell me about your break free program. Right. So the break free program, right. It's a program where, you know, everyone is coming in as a different, because I had a few tests on this. Right. And if you look uh, on my website, you'll see that there are a few, uh, people that I coached and they had a breakthrough, but everyone is different. It all depends on where that person is, the client, right? Perspectives, right? Some person may come in and they be like, you know, I don't need all that conditioning. I don't need to go through. I know what my faith, I know what my belief is. I know I just need help as far as like, you know, being more accountable. So right. you'd find that they would come through faster. Then there will be some that you need to hold their hand all the way. Everyone is individual. Like right now, the Shiroki that I'm with, she has to start from scratch because she came to, although I'm not a therapist, this is someone who's been hurt from their childhood. Mom left them behind. So I can relate because my father left. I can relate. So for me, it's not being a therapist, but for me to find out like, you know, what was she doing at the time? You know, there was a time when she had some excitement, some joy. She hopped from one home to the other. However, she was able to come out on top and now she's strong. So what was the guiding for? Was the light that was guiding her, right? So she may need just to be a bit more confident. She may need to work on her confidence level, right? She may not need to go through all the pain because then I will have to refer to a therapist because I'm not here for therapy to treat her, but I'm here to just be there to support her. So this person may not need all of that. Some people may want to go longer than the program, the 12 weeks. But it all depends on where they are. So evaluation comes first. I need to know if you're fit for me, if we mesh with each other. Because mm-hmm. if we don't mesh, hey, let's not waste each other's time, right? Yeah. And I want you to have the benefit. I want you to, to really go out there and be the best version of yourself. So I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to take your money because I just need to make. No, I need to know that you are going to be okay. And if I can help you, maybe I'll get someone I know in my coaching program who is most fit the best person to work with you. And because I sometimes just, you have to do that. Yeah. And I was just going to ask you if this break free program is different from your coaching services. Well, I can do a one-on-one, right? That is okay. a different, right? The break free is just like, sometimes you may meet two or three people that are very close together mm-hmm. and it's good to put them together where they can be more at ease because they're going through the same process. Right. So it's more like, you know, I have a friend who's on the side with me, even though I have my coach who's working behind the scene, keeping me accountable, but she's also um, giving me the space where I can create, right? And it's easier for some, but then there are some who just want to have that intimacy with you. And that is something different. I will do that. 
I, would, I even gave like, you know, free coaching session where I can just find out where you are just to see what's going on, give you a little tip or two. You know, it's all about giving value. I give, yeah. I rather give. I don't want to get much of anything. I just want to know that this person is not going to hurt anymore. And that's right. my hope. The whole idea is to help someone get through that pain because you don't have to stay there. I agree. Your superpower is inside of you. You just have to unleash it. Like Tony Robbins says, unleash what's it. within you. Right. And, and this is all it is. We don't have to, we don't have to settle. And this is what I keep saying to these ladies. I said, you don't have to settle. No one holds you hostage, but yourself. Because when that thing called self-doubt sets in, because the fear that they talk about, this is that false evident that appearing real. Who says what you're going through? Who said that this is the way your life is going to be? Who said, whoever told you that you were destined not to do anything, but to just sit there and take the next call? Who said you're not meant for greatness? Challenge exactly. yourself. Challenge exactly. yourself. Take the first step. The first step is the hardest, but it's the most important step to yes. take. And you have to take that step for yourself. Yes. Now, uh, is this coaching program just for women or is it for men as well? So I think I, I saw one guy on there. So I had two guys. I had okay. two guys that work with their fun. And they're two Jewish guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're the funniest though. One guy, he was working on some charity and he just needed some guidance. He was not there okay. for a long time, just for a couple of weeks. He just needs some guidance on how to go about the charity um, that he was getting involved in. And he just needed some support to see if his head is in the right space. And mm-hmm. should he, you know, do, but he ended up doing it. He, he's done a couple of charities after that. So I was just happy that he was able to tap into his uh, potential, right? Yeah, men, men do have, you know, don't underestimate men. Men also go through their own problem. But my focus is mainly on women because it's women like me who have been treated unfairly, women who have been underappreciated, undervalued, women who feel unfulfilled in their workplace and they are at a dead end. And they want to rise up from the ashes. They want to leave where they are. Some women want to continue with a nine to five. They just don't want to do that. So they have to sharpen up on their skills and work according to, you know, whatever they think that their goals are, they work towards building the skills. So if someone says, you know what, I want to get into maybe doing accounting, right? Be an accountant. So you have to start looking at those skills that you would need for an accountant, right? You have to do some math, right? I would yeah. do that because they have free classes. And the, the good thing about globalization and everything is so now connected. You can go on YouTube. You can take a class. There are yeah. free courses. There LinkedIn are so many resources. Learning. LinkedIn learning, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. A lot of these girls, they don't, they don't think about LinkedIn. I said, LinkedIn is business. You oh, go yeah. there and you'll be amazed how many people you find that you connected there? My company actually goes through LinkedIn for the, the some of their training courses. Like I can take some, um, I don't know if you're familiar with SAP. If you're SAP? like SAP, yeah. If you're like really into like uh, computers, you know, like coding and stuff. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So I've been <laughs> slowly nice. taking some SAP courses, but it's through LinkedIn Learning. So I'm like, if my company is using this. Let me go out there and see what else is out there. So I went out there and it was so much more that I can get outside of my job, but it's mm-hmm. free with my job. So I'm going to suck nice. every free little. Absolutely. That, absolutely. That I can. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I'm many... a team. Hmm? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know I lost my thoughts. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to ask you, how many women have you helped with your coaching services? Well, so far, I have to say that there are like three, I can say that I, that were really involved in that. And they were mostly working the women who worked in my area. Right. Um, for the most part, I'm doing pro bono until I can actually, um, get myself situated because the thing is when you're working these nine to five, that's a problem because you should be spending your time building your business. Yeah. So I have to treat it like on one person at a time, which is why one-on-one is what I do right now until I can say I'm making sufficient funds that I know that I can get out and scale my business because um, I want to do more of a group because I think when you co-create together, you learn better. You learn better and so. you, you, you're able to create something together. I always believe in the group dynamic. You know, one-on-one is okay if you don't feel like you want to share because they're introvert. I'm an introvert and I'm out there still. I can't believe I'm actually doing this, you know. <laughs> you're I'm an introvert. introvert. Yeah, Me I'm an too. introvert. I did all this <laughs> testing and I said, girl, you're introvert. I said, no way, an introvert don't talk. They just stay in the back. Like me, I'm always shying away to the back. But well, when you have something there. to say, when you have something to say, you put yourself in position to say it. That's and right. that's how I ended up here on this podcast talking to Thanks. people that there I've just go. met. But I am there an introvert go. just like you. There <laughs> so you go, I right? understand because, that. Because you have a mission and that mission has to be fulfilled. And, and once the mission you is mission- helping women. There you go. So women are really my concern because we are the ones, especially women of color, but what I've learned on this journey so far is um, women of color, I don't like to see them fight with each other. And for the most part, if you see your sister climbing up the ladder, you're trying to pull her down. Why are we doing that? And this is something that is normal because in the job, we are women of color, all of us, the heads are all white male let's face it, white male are sitting on the hierarchy on the top, right? And he, they dictate everything that happens. We're the frontliners. We're the ones being dealt the end of the stick. Even though you may be a manager, supervisor, whatever your condition is, you don't treat your employees different because you have that status. We are a unit. We're supposed to be together, not separated. And this is the problem. This is the discrepancy that this is the problem I see not only in where I'm at, but when I go to other offices and visit and speak with people in different parts of the agency, even outside the agency, speak to other agencies, it's the cry of the day. Poor leadership, poor management. And I wrote something on LinkedIn uh, two days ago with that. And I got like, I don't know, I think about 70 something response to that because I said mm. poor leadership is the cry of the day. It's you true. Treat you treat people the way you want to be treated. And not because you get an accolade mean to say that, hey, everything is okay, then now you got to kiss my feet. No, <laughs> now you become more humble because this is when your trial really pops up. This is when you show who you really are. This is when you're at your best. You must be humble. And I wrote about yeah. that. You must be humble. Thank God that you have such a position. When you have a platform, you have to use it to the best of your ability, which means that you have to go out there and give service, serve people and serve from the heart. I always believe serve from the heart because trust me, people smell a rot. People smell a rot. They smell you fast. This is what I'm saying. These yeah. ladies, they don't go to anyone. Today I had three people come at me. Oh, can you do this? Can you help me? Even my management come to me. You know, my mom say, why is it you're always the fall guy? 
I said, you know what? I thank God because at least I'm doing something. So I must be yeah. doing something right. You add value, right? but they should pay you for it. That's for sure. Well, well, Miss Esther, before we close, I want you to share why do you want to share your story today? I think it's, um, to me, I feel that this is the appointed time. Nothing happens unless God allows it to happen, despite whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. And I am at a point right now because I've been praying a lot about God to move me out from where I am because I feel there's a bigger need and there's a bigger work, a bigger job for me to complete. And I'm not doing it by sitting at a desk. I need to be out there sharing something that people are looking for. There are people who are looking and searching for someone who has heart, someone who feels their pain, someone who's been there, someone who knows what it is to be at the rock bottom and someone who knows how to climb out and become stronger. And I just felt like today is the day to talk about it because why hold all this stuff in there and it doesn't go anywhere? All my years of service, they don't appreciate it, but someone out there just might. Someone out there just might wonder here, even if it's just one person heart, if I can just touch one, I don't want everything. I just touch one person and that person's life can be different because of what I share with them. Then my job is done because it only takes one person to start. It takes one. You just have to start. It's, it's like me saying, start, just take the first step. I'm taking the first step forward yeah. to help transform someone else's life. I love you it. So what advice or tips would you give women that have been in your position? Wow. So for women um, or anyone who want to change their current climate, all I'd say to you is why, why don't you try, right? Why don't you, especially if you know you're not where you should be and you know there's something burning inside of you that you must do, just get up and do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Because none of us are perfect, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to fail, but you're going to get up and you're going to learn from your failure. People feel that when you fail at something, I failed so many times and I'm sure I'm going to fail and mess up so many times again and again. But the most important thing is that you learn from it. The lessons to learn, right? And you build your resilience as you go through these lessons. And trust me, don't go it alone, okay? There are communities that you can get involved with. Get involved in your community. I started to do community service while I was in school. Once a month, I get on the panel and I, I just be there to see what's happening in the neighborhood. Get on something. Do something that matters to you, okay? Even if it means just reading a book, reading something. Get involved in self-care, right? Take some moment for yourself. Because sometimes we are so busy taking care of everybody else, we don't take care of ourselves. So before you do anything, think about you. Who are you? Find out who you really are. Start thinking about yourself. Start learning to love yourself because sometimes we don't love ourselves. That's why we can't see anything, right? So think about that. When you start taking time for yourself, then you start to think about, my God, I can't believe that I'm actually good at cooking or maybe I'm good at writing. You know, these are things that you may use to create your new reality. So really start from inside out. Start from inside out. Um, being community with like-minded people, people who will inspire and lift you up. Anything that is negative, forego that, right? There are times when you're on your journey to greatness, you may have to forego something. That means sometimes leave some people behind. Yeah, exactly. who, are hindering your, 
who are exactly. hindering your growth. There are people who try to hinder your growth, especially when they see you going somewhere, they're going to try to tell you, girl, you're making a mistake. Don't go. This is when you go. Yeah. This is when you go. When they say nay, you say yay and you go because I'm I love telling it. you, they're going to hold you back from what is supposed to be for you. Don't let anybody or anything hold you. Remember, you are in control of your destiny, right? After God, it's you because no outside interference can stop this person from doing what he or she needs to do. It all starts with you. This is why God gave man willpower, right? So you have to be willing to want change. You have to be willing to want to put in the word. This is why coaches don't give you the handout. We guide you. I will tell you, listen up. Here you are. Now, what are you going to do with what you have? Because it's all in you right yeah so i encourage you to take the first step it's the very very basic thing to take but it's not always easy for someone so that's what i'm saying be in the company of like-minded people be with someone who can lift and push you forward if they are not pushing you you have to change your climate change who you're hanging around mm-hmm. with your tribe you know, change your tribe yeah change your tribe educate yourself sometimes it means you may have to go and take a class especially yeah. if you want to change another job, maybe you want to go for another job and you have to start building up new skills. Go to lectures, go to seminars. There's so many webinars. Everything is free. Just yes. about everything is free. Yes, yes. There's I love many, it. yeah, there are many things that you can do to not hold you back. Sage advice. I love you, it. So I love yeah, it. Thank you for things. that. Yeah, the simple yeah. things in life. You know, we came from a place where we didn't have a lot, but we learned to live within our means. We learned to live with it. And, and we, we learn we learn how to multiply it. That's it. That's so it. if there are others that want to connect with you regarding your coaching services, where can they find you on your social handles? Oh, you can go to um on my website is estamari.com. And um you can just go on my LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on not so much Twitter, but but um Instagram, you know. So or just you know all the things at estamari dot com um and they can just drop me the um if they have any questions anyone can reach me it's for nothing really I am here I'm open I'm blank I'm just here to serve I just want to serve right if you're wanting to work on yourself you have to work if you want to change the change only comes when you invest in yourself and you have to invest in you first everything else is secondary you have to invest in you first I agree I love everything that you're saying and I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today I hate that you had to experience all those things in the workplace but I'm glad that you're speaking out about them you're the second one that I've interviewed that has talked about what's been happening in the workplace and I hope that it will actually inspire the big corporations to pay more closer attention to these situations and take some action, you know? Yeah. Now, of course, I'm assuming that my podcast is big and big corporations are actually listening, you are gonna, but you they are should. Up. I'm speaking it, I'm manifesting up. it. <laughs> you are blowing up, okay? I have no doubt you are blowing up. This is just a small fry, Esther, but you are blowing up. Okay, Nori, you have places to go. I will be always listening to your podcast. I can't wait to see the next person that pops up on your feed. No, literally, because um, people have to live their truth. I'm living my truth. I am not sugarcoating anything. 
Um, my mom says to me, sometimes I have to tone it down. I'm a little too fierce, but it's not that. I just don't like BS. I, I call listen, a spade, a spade. I hear you. And I would agree because I am one of those people that have sat in front of my job in the car, in the parking lot. And I have to say a prayer before I go into the office. Most of my prayers always start with, Lord, you know, my mouth cover it when you see fit. <laughs> So I totally understand. And like I said, I really hope that someone out there is going to hear this and take heed to what you're saying and try to make these corporations, you know, the guys at the top, the big CEOs, they don't talk to the people like you and I. They don't. You know, they, they promote all these diversity and inclusion programs, but are you really getting down to the supervisors? Yes, they do. And these corporations need to stop, you know, putting the little Sugar. diversity yeah. and inclusion blanket mm -hmm. over everything and, yeah. make, and dressing it up and making mm -hmm. it look pretty. You know, I always heard the saying, you could put lipstick on a pig, but at, in the end, it's still a pig. It's a pig. Amen. Amen. To Stop that. dressing stuff up. We know mm -hmm. there's nothing happening down at the lower levels. Yeah. You know, so True. I wanted to close with oh, that. But thank I you so much for that. Everything you brought to this. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this time with you. Oh, yeah. And I, I only pray for success all the way for you. Success, success in your life, success in your, you know, your business, success for your kids that God continue to bless them, that he continue to cover the family with his precious blood, yeah. you know, and that your household will stay blessed, that no harm, no chicks from the enemy will ever infiltrate your home, that the shield of protection will be upon your entire life and your family. And that's my prayer. And that's oh a prayer gosh. that I will send to you right now. I receive it. Okay. And I, and I send, send the you. same prayer to you. Yeah. I God is good. The same prayer to you. He brought you this far. He brought yes. it this far. And you have I'm work covered. to do. I'm yes. covered. Yes. I'm covered. And I feel it. I feel it because of the people that he has been sending my way for this podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I never advertised this to be a Christian podcast. Mm -hmm. But the people that he has been sending, once you start listening to yeah. the episodes, you will know what i'm talking about i know i know you know <laughs> there is a power behind all day and you're doing the right thing this is the time right you see the changes on its way changes happening around us we just don't know and some of us are blinded to it and this is what i'm saying the agency is falling i see all i see it's falling right now i'm not going to be a part of it but i see it's falling it's going to be gone by the time i get i'm out it's going to be gone because i see problems and i see if you don't care for your people they wouldn't care for the job. Exactly. If you don't care for the people, they will leave you and you'll leave. You're not leaving talent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I totally agree with you. Well, thank you again thank for you. speaking with me and reaching yes. out and trusting me to talk yes. about this uh, thank you. situation that you've been having and we will talk yeah. soon. Absolutely. And God bless you always. Take good care of yourself now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Peace and blessing. <laughs> okay. We're here. Bye. Thank you for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sis some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at Save Our Sisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. 
If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.